Praise the Lord. We welcome you to our live broadcast today, Sunday, April 17, 2022. Shall we pray? In Jesus' name we pray. Our Father and our God, we come again this morning to worship at your feet. To bring your word, Lord, you have given us to your people. Father, we pray that whatever words have been said to the Lord will initiate actions in the lives of your children. Will encourage your children, my Father, my God, to begin to do the work of ministry. To be about the mission of God. Remove the devourer for their sakes. And bless everyone who is listening or watching. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Instrumental is taken from our brother Caleb Brassi. Again, we continue to thank him and pray for him and his family. We encourage you to join our WhatsApp group. There we upload messages so you can download them and watch them uh, even when you don't have a wireless connection. You can see the link on the board. Praise the Lord. Today's topic, how available are you? I'm addressing this to you individually, which includes to myself too. The outline. Is there anything God hasn't done for you? Two. How have you responded? Three. Stop chasing the shadows or shadows. Song number four. At the cross. Alas. And did my Savior bleed? Is there anything God hasn't done for you? To you personally? Today's broadcast is primarily for those who claim to be followers of Christ. I.e. children of God. Born again. Spirit filled. However, if you don't belong to this class, nothing prevents you from coming in. But I'm addressing this today to those who say they are God's children. This message is particularly for you. The moment you answered what many people say is the altar call, or what theologically is becoming born again, you rejected Satan. Who was your Lord then? You rejected his kingdom of darkness and the world. You rejected all these things for Jesus Christ, Son of God, King of kings, Lord of lords, and, and the kingdom of God. That's what you we decided at the cross. From that great moment in your life, because the greatest moment in your life, right now, the only greater moment will be when you meet the Lord face to face in glory. From that great moment that you became born again, Jesus Christ became your Lord and Savior. 
whether you understood what had transpired or not at that moment is immaterial. The point is, you handed over your sinful life to Jesus Christ. In return, the Lord Jesus Christ gave you a new life. This new life is holy and righteous before God. That's the life that he has given you. He didn't give you a sinful life. He took your sinful life and gave you a new life. That's why it's called the rebirth or the new birth. Scripture, please. John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. Praise the Lord. That day you made that answer to the, whether they called altar call or you came on your own and knelt down and said, Lord Jesus, I receive you. The Lord gave you living water as the verse we just read. Christian Lord Jesus Christ told the woman, the Samaritan woman who came to collect water at the well. So what I'll give you will spring up. It will become in you a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. A fountain never stops. The true fountain continues to water. So when the, that day the Lord gave you that new life, He provided you that fountain of water which is in you to water the new life. Praise the Lord. Second scripture, please. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 7. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we're dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Praise the Lord. At that moment, he gave you a new life. He gave us a seat in heaven. So those who really have believed are right there with him. That's what verse said. And raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he not only gave us a new life, he gave us a seat in heaven. Praise the Lord. See, two things he has done. Took away our sinful life, gave us a new life, now gave us a seat at the heavenly temple. Take scripture, please. John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this is spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Praise the Lord. He first gave you a, a water that became fountain. Now from your heart will now flow from you rivers of living water that testifies to God and his glory. What's he talking about? The Lord gave you the Holy Spirit. New life, a seat at the heavenly table, 
Third, the Holy Spirit. Look at what he has done for, for you individually. Next scripture, please. First John chapter 1, verses 7 to 9. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise the Lord. Number four, when we repented, you fell often as you learned to crawl and to walk. But each time God lifted you up, he didn't abandon you because you have fallen. So, number four, he gave us that blood, which not only saved us from darkness, from the kingdom of darkness, but also to cleanse us from all filth. So he protected you and I with his blood. From that moment, the paths of darkness tried to harm you several times. But no matter how they tried, they couldn't touch or harm you because you were covered in the blood of the Lamb. So number five, protection. Number six, he encouraged you through his word. Because he now says, study my word. And in dreams and visions. There were gentle whisperings in your heart when you became born again. Being a newborn, of course, you couldn't understand or make sense of most of the things you saw in your dreams then. But you know that something has definitely happened in your life. So look at the things God has done for you and I. What else can he do? He has done everything. Nothing. So expecting God for something else, what does it mean? It means you are not satisfied with what he has given you and I. So number two will be, how have you responded to God's love? All those things we have just enumerated. How have you as an individual responded to the love of God? You are satisfied being a bench woman in that building they call churches, or your denomination, or church organization, or ministry. You are just satisfied being a bench woman. Whatever they say, the pastor says is good. Are you satisfied because you actively promote, when you go with the so-called evangelism, is to promote your pastor's doctrines or the denominational doctrines. It's never about the mission of God. It's never about the gospel of Christ. Are you satisfied? Are you? Are you satisfied because you give 10% of your income every month to your pastor's denomination? Are you satisfied that you have done everything for God because you give liberally during services and other programs in the buildings called churches? That's how you have responded. If you believe these things have been enumerated, that that's what makes you a child of God, then you don't know what it means to be born again or to be a follower of Christ. No, you don't. You are just a churchgoer. You are just a pastor worshiper. Or a denominational warrior. And it's likely you belong to a apostate church organization. Scripture, please. 
Colossians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Praise the Lord. That day you made that commitment to follow Jesus. You died. Remember you handed over your life to him. He gave you a new life. So, you are no longer your own. You own nothing. Scripture, please. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise the Lord. That is the, what any true child of God has to have in his or her heart. You have been crucified with Christ. The life you live is no longer your own. It is Christ living in you now that must now live through you to manifest the glory of God to the world. That's where most people have missed it. They think they still have their life. That life you have now is not your own. It's truly a child of God. Your life belonging to Christ, what does it mean? It means that your daily living is for him. You live only for Christ and the kingdom of God. Your time, talents and wealth are no longer your own. Then no, nothing belongs to you. Not your life, not the bread you have, not anything, not your eyes, nothing at all. Everything is now belonging to your Lord and Savior. So it is Christ in you that will direct you are going out. You are coming in. He will direct your utilization of your time and talents and of course your wealth and income. We're going to look at two areas here that have been abused, which those subscribing to them have come for that are children of God because they're doing those things. They believe that they're children of God. That's why they'll go to heaven. They believe they have responded to God's love because they're doing these two things, tithing and giving. So let's take the first one, tithing. We preach that tithing is of the law. And since those who are following the law are denying the all-sufficiency of Christ's sacrifice, when you tithe, you are denying the all-sufficiency of Christ's sacrifice, meaning Christ didn't die. Well, he died, but it was not sufficient. Your tithing will take you to heaven. But there are some of you who recognize that tithing is not for the New Testament church. But they don't understand why we in this ministry have preached against tithing. They have taken it the wrong way. So we want to use today's message to correct those mistaken impressions. If your reason for not paying tight wherever you go to is because of your selfishness, not to give at all, you are totally mistaken. Do you hear what I said? If your reason for saying no, tight, I won't tight, the Afro that stole us tight is of the law. If that is your reason, you are mistaken. You made a mistake. That's not the reason. It's the reason, but it's not the reason. So if you are not tightening, remember I've told this against the New Testament church. It's against the sacrifice on the cross. Remember. Always remember. But I'm making another supposition. I'm saying, what are you then doing with God's money? You didn't give 10%. 
Remember, 90% is also his own. Are you spending it on yourself? Or spending it on what God asks you to do? So the reason of not giving 10% shouldn't be because you're selfish. The question is, are you aware that everything belongs to God? That he can ask you today to give all or nothing as the situation arises in your life. Because Christ owns you 100%. Your income is his own. Your wealth is his own. Because as your life is his own. Therefore, only he will direct you when and where to give. I want that point to be noted. Which means really, if you subscribe that title is, of, is not of this church, of the New Testament church, the implication is that you must be willing to know you cannot be spending money selfishly. You have to put it where God directs you to do. Period. If your heart is not fully persuaded that what you have is not really your own, you need to rethink. You need to think back and wonder whether you are born again. Please go to God in prayer and ask him what he will have you do with the wealth that you have in your hands. With the income that comes monthly if you are working or you are in business. Because you are keeping that money or wealth in trust for God. If it is for spending on selfish things without God's permission, you are sinning. Because you are stealing from God also. The same way the Titus 10% are stealing from God. Look, because he owns everything for those who have committed their lives to him. The Lord Jesus Christ can tell one believer, remember, give everything away to the poor. And when you have done, come back, I'll give you an assignment. Remember the rich young ruler who came and said he had done everything. And Christ asked him to give him to go and give it to the poor. And he, he couldn't have handled it. That's he could tell one believer. Any of you listening or some, give away everything you have to the poor. And see whether you will obey. When you have obeyed, says now come back and then we'll discuss. Then he has an assignment for you. Then he might tell another believer. Hold your fire. Don't give anything. Just hold it until I say otherwise. Why? Because he knows a day is coming when he's going to ask you to hand over that wealth or some of it to something for, for some business that is of the Lord. And yet another believer, he can say, hey, you will invest this money or wealth in this and this project. Because God knows that maybe in five years' time, one year, ten years, his, that investment will have matured into something and he's going to now ask you to use what you have, he has, you have reinvested that a yielded income to now glorify him in whatever way that he wants it to be done. Remember the principle I'm talking about. Only the Lord directs A or B or C. The fact that he told brother A to do this or sister Jen to do D does not mean it is the same for you. It is his own to do as he wills. When the apostles scattered from Jerusalem, some moved north, some moved west, east, north, south. Was there a place they were tithing or giving? When giving was done, and we're going to come to that. So we go to giving. In the early church, the purpose of giving was mostly for the poor. It was never to give the apostles. 
21st century giving is to support pastors' expensive lifestyles and large building projects and television shows. That's what you give and you say, I'm giving, I'm giving. No, you are not. You are part of the problem. Whatever sins that pastor or Gio has committed, whatever falsehood is preaching or teaching, you are culpable. You, there's no, you are supporting it. You are promoting it. So, and if you are giving out of guilt, God is not pleased. If you are giving because you hope God is going to now return it a hundredfold, God also is not pleased. Because remember, he has done everything for you and I. So he, God doesn't have to do anything again. All he wants is what for you and I to obey him. And then he will direct our paths. So I'm trying to say today, those who give out of guilt, or give because God's going to multiply the things for them, and you are using it to promote anti-Christian messages, anti-gospel messages. You are as guilty as your pastor or the pastor or the G or the preacher or the teacher. It doesn't matter who. You are encouraging him or her to sin, to continue preaching wickedness. Because what you are giving is not your own. Did God ask you to give? If he asks you, then go ahead. But can so, did he ask you to give to a ministry that is opposing the ministry of Christ? I don't think so. Three, stop chasing shadows or shadows. This is the main cross of today's teaching. And I'm speaking especially to young people. Young people who have believed. But allowing the cares of this world to take the seeds that have been planted in their lives. Still allowing your ambition to cloud your judgment. You're ambitious. So you are, it's, I mean, that they're pursuing your ambition. Don't you know that your ambition died at the cross? That's number one. Number two, you are chasing material things. And your mind is, 20 years time I will be this, then I'll be able to give it to the Lord. You are making a mistake. You are doing that to the detriment of the mission of God. God has a mission for you at this moment. So if you are chasing material things to the detriment of the mission of God, you have a problem and you must repent. Many young people are still lusting for the things in the world. Don't get me wrong. Older people too lost for things in the world. But remember today we are talking about believers who want to make a difference in their world. That's why he says, are you still available? How available are you? Stop lusting for the things in the world. Because when you do, you are chasing shadows or shadows. Join me now to listen to the admonition of someone who had everything under the sun. He had everything under the sun. Solomon was the king of Israel. He had it all. He was the wisest of all human beings by Christ who came after him. And he was the richest of all human beings ever born on earth, according to the Bible. Scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 1 to 14. Verse 1. Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and say, Life is not pleasant anymore. Praise the Lord. Don't let the excitement of your youth. You see, you're young now. You think you have the whole world at your feet. You are enjoying. You go from place to place. Oh, yes, after all, I give. I'm, I'm liberal. I'm a Christian. But the truth is this. 
A day is going to come if you reach old age where you are going to say that those things are no longer pleasant. So the implication is why waste it now rather than serving God? Verse 2, please. Remember him before the light of the sun, moon, and stars is dim to your own eyes and rain clouds continually darken your sky. Praise the Lord. A day is coming when you can no longer see well. The sun, moon, and stars are dim. And you begin to you continue to reminisce of your youth. And you start regretting the things you could have done for the Lord Jesus Christ. Three, please. Remember him before your legs, the guards of your house, start to tremble. And before your shoulders, the strong men stoop. Remember him before your teeth, your few remaining, remaining servants, stop grinding. And before your eyes, the women looking through the windows see dimly. Praise the Lord. He's asking you, a day is coming when you are less, when you are weak, because you are old. If you reach old age, you are grinding your teeth, you, everything is all dim. You know, you don't see too well again. He's reminding you, young people who are believers, remember, because unless the Lord comes soon, if you live to a ripe old age, you are going to regret everything you are doing right today. Number four, please. Remember him before the door to life's opportunities is closed and the sound of work fades. Now you rise at the first chirping of the birds, but then all their sounds will grow faint. Continue. Five. Remember him before you become fearful of falling and worry about danger in the streets, before your hair turns white like an almond tree in bloom and you drag along without energy like a dying grasshopper and the keeper berry no longer inspires sexual desire. Remember him before you near the grave, your everlasting home, when the mourners will weep at your funeral. Praise the Lord. The wise man is asking you and I to remember. That day is coming and very soon too, if the Lord tarries. When you are all those things that you so desire, they, they are no more. You have, you, even the food they give you has no more taste. And this was a man who had, had so many wives, more wives than anybody could remember. And for which he, at some point, he derived from the faith. He's telling you, they have no sexual desire. And you're near your grave, and people are, you're waiting for the day people are going to mourn for you, of which you'll not be around anyway. Continue, please. Verse 6. Yes, remember your creator now while you are young, before the silver cord of life snaps and the golden bowl is broken. Don't wait until the water jar is smashed at the spring and the pulley is broken at the well. Praise the Lord. He's saying, while you are young, all your organs are working very faithfully. Everything is all going very well. Says, remember your creator, meaning do the work of the work your creator has created you for. Do the work for which Christ has sacrificed. Do the work of evangelist. Preach the gospel in season and out of season. Live righteously and don't follow the unrighteous world in pursuit of righteous mammon. Continue. Verse 7. For then the dust will return to the earth and the spirit will return to God who gave it. Praise the Lord. Because that day, this flesh will go to the ground and the spirit will go back and God is going to say, what did you do with all the talents I gave you? 
With all the youth that you had, you spent it living riotously, even though you say you are my child. You are pursuing to say, yes, but I have to get that job. I have to do this. I have to. But did you go back to your creator and say, Lord, what will you have me do in this situation? Was he working with you along the way? Because Christ in you ought to be directing your life. But you are directing it yourself. And you shunted him to the side. Next verse, please. Verse 8. Everything is meaningless, says the teacher. Completely meaningless. Everything under the sun. If you read Ecclesiastes from chapter 1 going before chapter 12, you will see where he has told you wisdom, which he asked God to give him. Not even wealth, before God gave him wealth. He said it's vanity. It's nothing. That your wise, everybody's coming from the whole world to knowledge is vanity. Wealth was. <laughs> he built so many houses. Solomon was a great builder. The temple and his house were masterpieces. He's telling you that it's all vanity. That is all this building he did, all vanity. He says vanity on vanities. Then, like I said, he married so many women and had many concubines. And yet, he wasn't satisfied. Because when you don't have Jesus, or you are backsliding, you can never be satisfied. You can chase the moon. You can chase the stars. But you will never be satisfied. There will be a hole in you. And until you come back to your creator, you say you are young. You are running around now. A day is coming. If you are lucky, I want to use the word lucky, that doesn't want to call you home and ask you what you are doing. But you live to a ripe old age, you begin to regret every moment that you spent without asking your creator how you should spend that time, everything you did, asking your creator what you should have done in that period. Next verse, please. Verse 9. Keep this in mind. The teacher was considered wise and he taught the people everything he knew. He listened carefully to many proverbs studying and classifying them. Praise the Lord. He would, like I said, this was the wisest man in his day. The Queen of Sheba had to leave Ethiopia to come. To come and see him. To hear the wisdom of Solomon. He taught people. And yet, because he left his creator for a moment, he allowed foreign women to take his eyes from the creator and started serving other gods. Continue, please. Verse 10. The teacher sought to find just the right words to express truths clearly. Continue, please. Verse 11. The words of the wise are like cattle prods, painful but helpful. Their collected sayings are like a nail-studded stick with which a shepherd drives the sheep. Verse 12. But my child, let me give you some further advice. Be careful, for writing books is endless. And much study wears you out. See, he's now advising the young people, you, listening to me if you are young. Even if you are old, you are regressed, you can still make, <laughs> you can still change your life by calling younger people and educating them and teaching them freely. Right now, God's word. Telling them so they can learn from your mistakes, just as the wise man was teaching us in this. Continue, please. Verse 13. That's the whole story. Here now is my final conclusion. Fear God and obey his commands, for this is everyone's duty. Praise the Lord. Fear God and do what? Obey his commands. His commands are his word. His commands are in the way he lived on earth. 
His commands are there for what he asks us to do. Go into the world and preach the gospel. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and learn with you, even unto the end of the age. That's what he asks you and I to do, nothing else. So I don't care what job you think you're holding, what business you think you're running, but if Christ is not at the center of that business, if you're not at the center of that job, and you say you're a believer, a follower of Christ, you are making a very grave mistake. You are not fearing God, and you are not obeying His commands. Because he said that's everyone's duty. Unbeliever, well, he has a problem because he or she hasn't repented. But through your prayers, unbeliever can become a believer. You are not doing that either. Because you are running around with unbelievers and doing the same things they are doing. You are chasing the same things that they are chasing. So how can you preach to them? You can't. Everyone's duty in this case is every child of God's duty. Fear God and obey his commands, says the wisest of all men by Christ. Says the richest man, bar anybody else in this world. Not this paper money people have today. Those days they used to count in gold and silver. Verse 14, please. God will judge us for everything we do, including every secret thing, whether good or bad. Praise the Lord. That's the conclusion of the matter. God will judge you and God will judge me at the hearing of this message if we do not go back to him and ask him to help us to run this race the way he has determined. You see, he has determined how I will run this race. He has also determined how you listen to me will run this race. The way I'm running it is not the way you're supposed to run your own. You cannot imitate me, I cannot imitate you. I can only imitate Jesus Christ, him Lord and Savior, and daily church teachings. Anything contrary is against God. Stand in the gap. You are running, you are young. You are running around, I take care of it all. I'm telling you, a day is coming when God is going to ask you about today's word. If you had this preaching and it has touched you, go to him in prayers and ask him, Father, what do you want me to do? And I'm telling you that if you are sincere, you will hear the voice of God in your heart. He will direct your paths. That's why today's message is for everybody, me included. Praise the Lord. We're going to sing something today, which is at the cross. I know the world is today in debauchery. But you see, each day, my Savior died for me. Each day, my Savior died for you. So the question is today at the cross. Alas, and did my Savior bleed? He bled for you and me. He bled for my sins and your sins. He bled for my foolishness and your foolishness. He bled for a dying world. What are you doing? What are you doing? What am I doing? Even to share messages, you can't share Bible messages. You are afraid. Some of you on Facebook, you like something but you can't share it. You can't share it on WhatsApp. You can't even, so how can you go to your neighbor to knock and preach the gospel? How can you preach when you are dancing with them and joining them in whatever they do in their merrymaking? How can you preach the gospel when you are tied to the prostrates of wicked men and women in the world? Those of you who follow politicians, who follow these, uh, what do you call them, these uh, general overseers who are flying jets, continue to fuel their jets, continue to do, what are you doing for the gospel of Christ? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? God will require you to give account of the time he has given you. 
Praise the Lord. So we're going to sing this song and it's on the board. At the cross. Alas. And did my Savior bleed 2,000 years or so did my sovereign die for me? Would it devote that sacred head for sinners such as I? And yes, he did. He did for you. He did for me. At the cross. At the cross. That was where I first saw the light when I regained my life. He gave me a new life. And the bottom of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight. And now, oh my Father, my God, you know, I am happy to be with you, to be happy to be in you, to know your way. Thank you, Jesus. And may that be for everyone hearing this message. Was it for crimes that I had done? Of course, yeah, that's why he bled on the cross. He grown upon the tree. It was for me, as it's for you if you believe. Amazing pity. Grace unknown. We can't even see what God has prepared for us. Love beyond degree. Immeasurable love. At the cross. At the cross. That was where I first saw the light. And that's where I'm sure you saw the light first. The bottom of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith that I received my sight of my Father, my God. And now I'm happy all day because of you, Jesus Christ. Because of your sacrifice on the cross. Thus must I hide my blushing face while his dear cross appears. Dissolve my heart in thankfulness and make my eyes to tears. At the cross. At the cross was when you first saw the light. And the burden of your heart was rolled away. It was there that by faith you received your sight. And I'm persuaded that if you're a child of God, you are happy. And you're happy all, all day. But drops of grief can never repair. The depth of love that we owe our Father and our God, that we owe our Savior. Here, Lord, I give myself away. It is all that I can do because at the cross, at the cross, I saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for dying for the world on the cross. Thank you for the blood that continues to bleed, that continues to sanctify, that continues to draw us closer and closer to you each day, that we may be with you in eternity. Bless everyone who has had this message, O oh God. Open their eyes, who are those your children, Lord, to rise up and take the gospel of Christ to the world, to know that the life we live now does not belong to us, that the life we have is your son's life in us. Help all of us, Lord, allow Christ in us, Lord, to manifest to the world, 
to manifest your love to the world, to manifest your presence to the world, to manifest your healing power to the world, to manifest your calling, all human beings to repent and turn that you may embrace them. Bless everyone and their homes. Bless all, my Father, my God, who hear the reportcast, wherever channel it's on. Thank you, dear Father, in heaven for today. Blessings, glory, and honor all yours, O oh God. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Praise the Lord. By God's grace, I will see you people next Sunday. Please reflect on these things and continue to pray for us as we pray for you.